Welcome to the Intentional Growth Podcast, the show that teaches you how to grow the value of a company with an end in mind. Host Ryan Tansom interviews top business leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and other professionals who share their experience and expertise about buying, growing, and selling companies. How's everybody doing? This is episode 205. Thanks for tuning back into the Intentional Growth Podcast. Our guest today is entrepreneur Jason Swank. Jason went from college to working for the big five consulting firms like Arthur Anderson and quickly realized that he was not a good employee. So Jason decided to break off and start his own freelancing gig doing digital marketing and he became what he called an accidental digital marketing agency owner. And he ended up growing that company into a multi-million dollar business, working with companies like AT&T, Hitachi, and Lotus Cars. And after 12 years of growth, he decided to sell the business. And he's here to share that story with us because Jason didn't just grow and sell it and it was all fine and dandy. He shares how his rapid growth was eating cash and then creating a more stressful environment for himself. He literally said, I could go get a job, make more money and have less stress. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that question, which is how fast can I grow without either going bankrupt or running completely out of cash and creating a miserable life for myself. And after going through period of recalibration that he had with his business to say, hey, you know what? I need to focus on only the things that I enjoy. He recalibrated the business and then grew it up and it sold the business to a larger digital agency. Jason was super authentic when he was sharing his story about after selling the business that he went through a period of a couple of years where he struggled with, you know, trying to find his identity, struggling with a little bit of depression, not finding his flow and not really being as happy as he thought he was going to be when he sold the business and how that also was impacted based on the earnout that he was tied that was tied to the sale of the company. So in this episode, Jason's going to be talking about the financial and personal power of intentionally approaching your company with clarity around the goals. Your personal goals is like, what do you want to be doing every day? Where do you want your life to be? And how do you build a business around that instead of having your business and then building your life around that? Because having that ass backwards can lead to depression, anxiety, stress, and unhappiness, and you could do things like sell a business before you've explored all your options if you just are trying to solve that problem of trying to get out. I really enjoyed this episode because Jason and I had a lot of similarities with the mission that we're on. Jason now has a community of digital marketing agency owners where he teaches them to grow value by implementing systems and processes in their company so they have more options down the road to create a valuable company that's actually sellable. A couple other common themes that you're gonna hear is how being intentional about what you want as your goals as an entrepreneur, where you wanna spend your time, time are going to drive how you want to build the business. But regardless, you need to build a valuable business that gives you the freedom to choose what you want to do with the business. A couple cool notes though is that as Jason and I were chatting about all the different ways to exit, he and I talk about ESOPs. He had never heard of that. So I think you know any digital marketing agency owner that's listening in or owner that's listening in of any kind of company need to realize that building a valuable business doesn't guarantee you the ultimate success of getting you what you want. You have to understand all the different ways to exit your role, your management role, and your ownership. Because in ESOP, you can exit your ownership and get a liquidity event, but continue to manage and run your company till the day you die if you choose. 
And a private equity recapitalization might be a completely different route and selling to a third party is a different route. Each one of these impact your management role and your ownership completely different. And this is not about necessarily exiting, it's about understanding how what you want is impacted by each of those so you can build a valuable business in the direction that you want for the ultimate transition of your role or your ownership. Because if you have a valuable business that gives you the choices and you understand the choices, then you get to actually have the freedom to choose. And this conversation is a good reminder that it often takes multiple mindset shifts away from just grinding and hustling to growth and revenue to just net income to then, hey, I'm gonna shift my mindset to grow value and then also understanding what that end result could look like. Those mindset shifts are necessary to wake up and then take control over your plan and then consider your long-term goals and missions so you can get yourself there. If you're looking for help to shift your mindset, check out our intentional growth assessment. It'll give you a score on how intentional you are right now with growing value in the business. And then you'll get an email with the intentional growth vision board that summarizes all the things you should be focusing on right now. All you have to do is text the word intentional to 66866. Text the word intentional to 66866. You'll get the assessment. It's 20 questions, multiple choice. You'll get the intentional growth vision board and an intentional growth score. And you can be shifting your mindset to be focusing on long-term value. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Jason Swank. Sponsored by Arcona's Intentional Growth Digital Course. Ryan Tansom and Pat Hobby show you how to shift your mindset away from solving for annual income to focusing on strategies that create long-term value, giving you the freedom and choices to take control of the future destiny of your business. Accelerate your knowledge with 36 videos and dozens of exercises that combine decades of experience buying, growing, and selling companies. Learn more by going to arcona.io or visiting the show notes. Good morning, Jason. How do you, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Happy to be here. Doing good. Um, we just have some uh, fun banter back and forth about podcasting and you're, you're out there providing a bunch of content and uh, I'm excited to have you on the show because you had a good story uh, introduced uh, through a very fun mutual friend of ours. So for the listeners, maybe let's just kind of go back and you know, you, you got a great video on your YouTube channel that kind of explains it um, in like a very succinct like minute and a half of what you, what <laughs> yeah, your you story be- it's well, awesome. we're, we're we're ADHD, right? Like <laughs> lose people's attention. So let go back and like you know, was it an accident that you became an entrepreneur? Or did you intend to? What did you do? And then kind of what are you doing now? And then we can kind of go back and take the journey. Well, I I've always been an entrepreneur. I mean, even when I was little, whether it be running out on the fairway and on the golf courses and grabbing uh, golf balls and selling them back to the golfers or you know, mowing lawns, you know, I've always been hustling and, and kind of selling. But, you know, when I graduated college, I graduated with a computer degree, right? A programming degree. And, and that's the funny part is like, I outsourced everything in college. So I was already kind of like an entrepreneur. <laughs> like, so, awesome. when I, so when I worked for Arthur Anderson, I knew shit, like I didn't know anything. And so I lasted maybe six months before, you know, kind of made the switch and I think it was probably mutual, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was an accidental agency owner, right? I, my, one of my friends looked like Justin Timberlake. So I created a a website making fun of all of us, like the four of, you know, my, uh, or the three of my best friends. And it was called in shit and it was making fun of NSYNC. 
and it got popular. And then people started asking me to design websites. And so that's how we got our start. Wait, and what year is this, Jason? 99. So this is like right as the websites were, you know, probably just a huge big black box for most businesses. Didn't know what was going on. No, like literally I was going, I literally was going through the phone book and going through the yellow pages and going, you don't have a website listed. You don't have a website. And people were like, what's a website? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just total gold mine. And you, you were selling them for crazy cheap back then. $500. Yeah. Like, (laughs) and the funny thing is I used to ask people on the show, I'm like, what was your first project? What was the first engagement? And mostly it was all 500 bucks. I don't know why (laughs) we start with that. I, I don't know. (laughs) So then what was kind of the, what was the growth trajectory? And like, you know, what was, you know, as you continued to grow, I mean, did you start building out a, a company and hiring people? What was the, what was it was the a next few episode? years. So I acted as like a freelancer for a number of different years. And then I started outsourcing a bunch of the development work. Cause that was the funny part. Like I didn't know how to program, but I knew how to design and sell and market and well, not even really market. Cause there was really not marketing back then on digital, right? It mm-hmm. was just like, you were selling side up. You there. Were call, you, I mean, you call people in the, in the yellow pages, man, that's selling. Yeah. I mean, that was selling and, and like, and I would get people in the, the, um, the directories like Lycos and Excite and Alta Vista, like, and you might not even be old enough to remember those. <laughs> I, I, though, I, that was about the age that I, I, uh, my dad started our family business. So it was yeah. back, I mean, just to kind of really put a uh, timestamp on this conversation, because that was when copiers was technology. Yeah. <laughs> so that's right. just, yeah. So websites are just coming out and copiers are awesome and they can now print in color. I, and I take a bat to my fucking printer all the time. Like literally pr- printers and copiers last for a fucking month. Like these companies need to go out of business. I'm just going to rant right now. But the, but the thing is, is people are making shitloads of money for yes. that specific reason. Yes. Don't, don't blow up their business model, man. <laughs> I know, but shit, man, build a good product. <laughs> oh yeah. And then, and then they lock you in for 60 months too. That's right. I, I could go on a That's little right. bit for that. But uh, sorry that my rant, um, see ADHD. I'm like, whoa, squirrel, squirrel. Where's the squirrel? But uh, yeah, was doing $500 websites. And then for a number of different years, I was just kind of a freelancer. Met my, uh, my future business partner who did a lot of programming. And I remember us, we were going to go to a trade show and he had a friend that wanted to sell, but we had two companies. And we we're like, well, let's just kind of put them together. Like we're really kind of small anyway. And we did that and then we started getting serious and then we started going after bigger accounts. I remember the biggest, the, the first big account we landed was water.com, which was uh, crystal Springs and, and Belmont Springs, depending on where in the world you are. Mm-hmm. And then we just started leveraging that to get like honey baked cam to get Lotus cars, Hitachi, Aflac. We built legal zoom, right? Like, so there was, we just had a, a, a pretty fast growth rate after we started getting serious and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, you know, we're going to be kind of touching on different parts of the, the your journey because you grew it up, you sold it, and then you sold it again after you were there for a while. Um, and then now maybe kind of explain what you're doing now, because um, as we take the growth path, I think, Jason, what we can do is touch on some of your framework that you're doing right now, because I think the biggest challenge that our listeners have or a lot of entrepreneurs that are in both your community and the people that I work with is that growing with the end in mind, right? So you're growing, growth consumes capital. A lot of people think, oh, like that's so awesome. You're growing, but like you've got no cash <laughs> and you're doing it the wrong way and you haven't really thought about the end result. So I think you can, we can tie in your story with also what you built. So maybe kind of give an overview of kind of the framework and then how you did that with your agency before the sale. 
Yeah. Well, it took me many years to figure this out. Um, I remember, let me kind of tell you a story when we almost went out of business. And I think that will kind of frame everything up of, of where you need to start. So, and just remember too, like we were accidental and most entrepreneurs are accidental jumping into their business, which will lead up and you, you'll see where I'm going mm-hmm. in a second. But I remember getting to a point where we were a couple million and I just felt like I was like the business kept growing but I kept making less money and I was really depressed. And I was like, like, I just didn't enjoy it anymore. Like I was just done. Like I felt like we reached a cap and like, I wasn't making any money personally. And, um, I remember my wife, you know, very smart. And she was like, well, why don't you just shut it down, go take a job. And I was like, what? And I was like, well, maybe that's a, that's a, that's a way out, I guess. Like I'll get my freedom back. Right. Because we all start our business wanting freedom and it's most of the time you don't have it creating a business. There's a lot of stuff if you do it the wrong way. And so I applied for NASCAR to be the CMO. And at the time, you know, I used to race cars. So I was like, Hey, like perfect fit. And I remember them asking me two questions. What do you love doing every day? And what don't you never want to do ever again? I remember going home and thinking about that and going, holy cow, I can do that within my business now. And so I took a sheet of paper and this is one of the exercises I put in the agency playbook. And I like, if you put your fist down on like an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, you get out of the printer that never works and you draw (laughs) a circle. (laughs) I had to like, literally I'm angry at the printing job. Jab, jab, jab. (laughs) you, You take your fist out, put it on the piece of paper, make a circle. And start writing down outside the circle everything you hate that you don't ever want to do or you're not good at, right? And, th- and then think about the next exercise is everything in the circle, write down everything that you love doing, that you're good at, like that no one else can do, okay? And when you do this, you're going to gain so much clarity because now you're going to be like, all right, I'm not good at writing, so who do I need to hire? I'm not good at numbers. (laughs) Who do I need to hire? I hate Excel spreadsheets. I hate dealing with clients. You hate hate printers as well. (laughs) I hate printers. (laughs) So how do we make this digital marketing happen more? Right? Like, so I'm just kidding. I love (laughs) printing. It's the the crap I buy off Amazon. I hate, (laughs) but, uh, you know, and so by doing this, now you'll gain clarity and then you also have to figure out, and that's really kind of the first system. And that goes back to thinking about I'm accidental. So now I'm reacting to the market. And, and probably if you're accidental, your whole business is based on referrals, just which isn't scalable. And then referrals, how they work is you're going to get the same type of business or lower. You never get higher. Right. Yeah, and yeah, so that's, a good point. that's why we kept getting more business. The business kept getting more revenue, but our profit was going down. And that's the funny thing about most businesses. They brag, I'm a $50 million company. I'm like, yeah, but your margins are like 1%. You suck. <laughs> and it's funny. Like, and, and just right here too is because I, I totally agree with you, Jason, where we talk about shifting your mindset from top on revenue and net profit. Because even if you're talking about top on revenue, net profit, or your employees, I'm like, I, that doesn't mean anything because what's your company worth? Like, what's the actual value of it? Because that's what you should be measuring. I mean, we, the, the, the year we did 21 million, we lost like 900 grand. <laughs> it's like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And and I used to look at it going, I used to look at success 
especially in the agency land of like people like how many employees you have right and you, you'd be like i got a hundred and they'd be like "Ooh, you're doing really well <laughs> right and i'm like totally ego play isn't it it's yeah or then like and especially when i run agency masterminds and i always have people go around like tell us about your agency and they always start off the people that don't know us Right. And they <laughs> just always walking know, into it. <laughs> right. They walk into it. And then you'll see some of the smaller agencies. Well, I'm just down 15 people and they feel like inferior. I'm like, uh uh-uh. uh. Like, look, you could, like, literally, my company's two people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I love going to people. They're like, oh, that's, that's a nice hobby. I'm like, my business does way more profit and revenue than your business. So like, like, but I never, I'll never tell them that. I'm like, I just let them think about it. That's yeah. kind of yep. like, like uh, certain parts of the country. That's all they care about. Like, that's why I love Colorado so much. Like they're like, how fast can you get down the mountain? <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, like that, the that, that's the real true uh, judge of success, right? <laughs> that's right. I'm like, well, you're way better than me. <laughs> like I'm pretty slow. <laughs> so well, maybe give us an, so, you know, you touched on a little bit. So you got uh, agency masterminds, you built this framework and then let's go back to like, okay, so you've got this story that, you know, you, you figured out what you wanted to do, which kind of was your shift in mindset. Right. And that's where things started changing. And so my guess is you, and it will, let me ask the question is, did you build this framework and then do it? Or did you shift your mindset, implement different strategies, and now you've packaged it up and are helping other agencies? Well, so yeah, I, I changed my mindset. I figured out what I needed to work on, right? So I, I get clarity. You, you got to think about like, I was accidental like most people. And I was just kind of just going with the flow. I didn't have that clarity in order to make decisions. And I look at it like this. And, and I couldn't give the I, could, I needed to give clarity and vision to my team, right? Mm. So you got to think about like, as a CEO, we're visionaries. So, so our roles in order to grow and scale a company, like a true company, are set the vision and communicate it to the team often, right? Mentor and coach your leadership team, not everybody on the damn fucking company, right? <laughs> understand the financials, like hire smart people that understand spreadsheets. Like I look at a spreadsheet, I want to throw up, honestly. I just like, ah! Like just tell That's me why my, my my partner he literally says I live my world in rows and columns. Oh my god, I'd shoot myself. Right, like, <laughs> I, but but we would be great partners because yeah. like I hate yeah. that. Yeah, you and I would like we would be, like talk a lot, but then who's going to do all? Yeah, the we shit? get nothing done. It would just be all. Yeah, there would just be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's like fucking go talk about it, and then it never gets done. And then be the face of the organization right? And assist sales. Like those are the five roles that you should have if you're running like, and I'm just talking about for a service level company, right? That's, that's yep. what I know. I stay in my lane. <laughs> so you said the five were set up the vision, mentor and coach, face of the organization, do sales. Assist Ooh. sales. Assist Don't sales. Do all of yeah, sales. Yeah. Assist yep. sales, right? And be the face uh, and understand the financials or financials. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Right. Um, and so when I did that, then I needed to realize like the most important one is set the vision. So I, I always use it like analogy like this. Let's say we're on a, let's say we're on a cruise ship. That <laughs> sounds not, not so appealing anymore. right now, right? <laughs> let's Quar- say we're on a cruise ship with our Quarantine team. Quarantine on a, on a cruise ship sitting at, 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 at bay. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going from New York. Where should we go? Let's go to London, right? And, but you don't tell any of your team where we're going. And so you drive the, the cruise ship for about 10 hours and you're like, damn, I'm tired. I need to go to my cabin and go to sleep. 
and you tell the team, if the boat changes course, come get me and I'll change it. I'll fix it. Well, after, after about a minute, it changes course. Like every couple seconds, they come get you, you change the course and you keep coming back. That's how you're operating your business now in most cases. Mm -hmm. If you just told the team where the fuck you're going, you're good, right? They're well, going to be make decisions without you right it's i always tell people like if you hire the right people just delegate the outcomes and you don't have to delegate tasks and they'll actually do way much better and so that's the that's the core of the system but everybody skips the clarity system and then once you get that clarity now you go okay and the clarity of who my perfect client is like what niche do i need to be in what services can we actually crush and do really well, mm -hmm. then you can position your company in the right way. Don't position your company as like, I always make fun of agencies that um, create a website that talks about their awards and how cool they are. It's like that, that idiot that comes up to you at a conference when we used to have conferences. Like, like, like it's just a weird time now too, right? right. <laughs> like, Let's say I come up to you, Ryan. I'm like, hey, Ryan, I'm Jason. I grew a really big agency. I'm a really pretty big deal. I've won a number of different awards and I'm, I'm amazing. Like, I'm, I'm fucking amazing. I am and the I, best. And like, I'm looking around your shoulder going, like, where's, 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 the <laughs> where's the bar? Where's the bar? That's how everybody's positioning yep, themselves yep. with their marketing and how they talk about themselves. It's all about them. You have to change that of going, how can I ask questions to put the attention on you? How do I position myself as the trusted advisor? Like on my, if you go to jasonswank.com slash about, mm -hmm. I don't talk anything about my story until the bottom. Mm -hmm. Like I start off with asking questions because I care about you. So I'm like, hey, do you run an agency and you're wondering about how to scale? Are you running an agency and maybe possibly would like to exit one day? Well, I might be able to help you, mm -hmm. right? And then I go through the framework right? A little bit or the little, like I, I empathize with them. Like there's all Showing kinds of, there's some meat here. Yep. Yep. And then I could tell, tell you about my story. Yep. So then when you, when you have that situation and you, you, okay, so now how, like what exercises did you go through with your team to do this? Cause like, I think that's where a lot of people uh, get challenged. And then what are the other uh, things that you articulated as a vision to delegate and um, kind of some context too behind that Jason is that, you know, I like, I run into these EOS clients or pe people that are in peer groups all day long and they still, I, in my keynote, I actually say, what is your point B? And they haven't articulated what is the valuation that we're trying to hit? What is the eventual strategic plan? Like they, it's like they have to, there's, there needs to be a lot of work done there. So when you guys were doing that and now you're like, I hate this shit. I don't want to do this stuff anymore. How did you then build the system so that way you could cash flow because you said you're running out of money right so you're you're not already strapped for cash and now you hate doing things so how do you get out of that situation and then what were the exercises you did to do it well yeah so I, I explained the one exercise from the printer and so from that of all the stuff i didn't like to do i started hiring people and actually started delegating the outcomes rather than delegating tasks because i had to delegate tasks because no one knew where we were going so mm -hmm. they couldn't make better decisions. And so I started saying, look, I don't want to have to be on project management anymore. Like, I don't want to deal with the client. So I tasked the operations manager to figure out the process and to build the team that would control that. Is there and anything that actually started getting more clarity of who our perfect clients were? 
and what particular services did we need to do for them? So now we could raise our prices. We didn't want to win the race to the bottom. That's mm -hmm. what I always laugh at with people. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, well, we need to lower a price because this person's charging X. And like, it's irrelevant. Right. And then we, we also started changing the sales process and the questions that we would ask and, and focus more on value. So mm -hmm. like we would go through what I call the three eyes whenever we would chat with um, uh, prospects, we'd be like, what's your biggest issue? What do you want? What's your biggest issue? That's the first eye. What's the impact on your business? And we'd have them come up with impact, not us, because then they'll believe it. And then how important is it to them? So now when I say it's a million dollar engagement and you just told me it's a, you're going to make a hundred million dollars from it. And then you have a problem with the million dollar engagement. I'll be like, what's wrong? What did I miss? Like you just told me if we do this, you're going to make a hundred million dollars or whatever the number is. Mm -hmm. So, yep. you know, it could be whatever, like if you're charging a thousand mm -hmm. and someone's going to make, like I always would do it like on a 10 X model. And so by doing that, now I can, can increase the profit. Now, the one, the one thing I, I probably think a little bit different than a lot of people and probably you is you think about the end goal in mind, right? Like of selling and you should, that's your business, right? Well, actually, like if just a note in there, it's not necessarily just to just for clarification. It's not about selling; it's about choices. And Good. you, 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 you pointed at me. My my partner. I always point at my partner, and no one can see this on video right now. But it's not about selling; it's about having choices. And most people have put a golden cage around revenue and their income, and they've totally screwed themselves. Even if it's a fifty million dollar company. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because you should have the choice to sell it or not. Like if you design a business like built to sell, I think you're going to struggle because then you're just focused on the money in the service-based world. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. You're just focused on the money and you don't really care about your most valuable asset, your people. Right. I wanted to build an amazing culture and environment for the team that made a lot of money and if someone came along and bought it, great, right? Like I, when we, and we went through a number of different things, like, like um, mind shifts. So nope. when, when I wanted to sell, no one ever wanted to buy us, right? <laughs> but yeah. then when I was like, well, screw it, I'm just going to make it really profitable when, and allow Weird. me to yeah. do the stuff. Like I would go to the racetrack every weekend or probably during mm. the week too. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Right. Delegate, 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 right. Delegate, delegate. Like I was the chief disruptor officer. <laughs> and so I it was good. I was out. And so when we started doing that and we started setting up all these systems that I go through in the agency playbook, then it allowed me to have that freedom to pick and choose and do the things that I love doing. And we were making a lot of money which in turn made a lot of people want to buy us, mm -hmm. right? And so it's all about like, it's when I start working right? with a client or a mastermind mentor, I'm like, look, they go, I want to sell like you. Like, that's the first thing. And I'm like, you want the option to be able to sell because like some people don't want to get to a certain level and that certain level will have huge multiples after it. But like, if you're making a million dollars personally every year, you'd probably be happy as anything. Like why sell? Like if you're right, like totally. And you know what? And that's literally why the word intention is, is something that we're throwing because intentional growth is you're doing it for a reason, right? So like the, like the thing that I say is if you want, I mean, you, you and I talked about this on our previous phone call is 
If you just want to make a bunch of annual income, don't reinvest it in the business with no return in sight. Or if you ha- like have a plan, if you got a million dollars in EBITDA, where are you going to put it? Some for taxes, some for reinvestment, some for yourself, but not like we're going to spend a half a million dollars today and then none tomorrow. And then, the, and it's like this whiplash based on people not having a plan. And, you know, I think this whole thing of being able to do whatever you want, I mean, you probably see this with agencies all day long. And, and I see it from every industry and every age is they're trapped because it's not transferable. And I tell this really fun story of this guy that told me this story, Jason, he said, I jumped out of the car every single morning because I loved what I did so much. And then one day he literally got in the parking garage and went boom and he like hit his seatbelt was still on. And he was like, F it, I want to sell. Cause he he just that the seatbelt was what triggered him. But if you haven't done all this shit that you and I are talking about, you're totally trapped. And good luck doing anything when you're burnt out. Yeah, I mean, and you got the golden handcuffs on you, right? You're kind of you're like making you're on the verge of making some money, and then like you sell for pennies on the dollar. Yep. Right. And you never know, like, like right now, I tell a lot of my clients and mastermind members now, I'm like, now that the recession's like, like, we're it's here. Recession. Yeah, it's like, here. On, like, yeah, they just, <laughs> stopped, they just stopped trading, that. right? Right as you and I jumped on, they just stopped trading again. Like, literally. <laughs> so, but you have an amazing opportunity. So, we grew after 9 11. We grew in 08. And, like, I've been waiting for this day, not for people to get sick or anything like that, yeah, yeah, all different. that kind of stuff, but but for the market because it will recorrect and get rid of a lot of the shit and offer a lot of opportunity. Like I was chatting with some of the members yesterday and they were like, dude, I love it because a lot of the people I go after have really built their businesses by going to trade shows and events. Now they want to do digital marketing. I'm like, yep. yep. Or like people going after, you know, uh, personal injury attorneys, right? They're like, more people are not, are going to be driving and they'll be getting yeah. hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they're like we don't want them to get hurt too bad but, <laughs> just right? just like, enough for a next brain <laughs> yeah but there's also an opportunity to buy these people that are freaking out yep. like even now like i really kind of scaled back a lot of our our marketing our paid marketing until now because everybody was doing it now mm-hmm. everybody's pulling back i'm like fuck it i'm yep. going like like literally yep. like i'm getting like like leads for nothing i'm like this is awesome because the ad spend is so down well, and so in this, when we talk about being trapped and having just a transferable company, I mean, so we like we talk about transferable cash flow no matter what. And again, like, you know, like you said, it's more enjoyable to own your company when it's like that anyways, right? You actually have the freedom. It's not the freedom of, you, I mean, I love your story about the people coming up and waking up in your cabin to course correct. So like when we go back to your story, Jason, is you're building these systems and delegating and build, you know, and uh, delegating the vision and all these other tasks. Maybe tell us a little bit more about the story, but when you wanted to sell, why did you want to sell? And then you decided to shift your mindset again to not sell, but then you eventually sold. So like what happened in those sequence of events to, and, and what was your mindset and thoughts behind each of the, the different events? When I originally wanted to sell, it was right around the dot-com era. Like everybody was getting bought for stupid amounts of money. I'm like, well, I want stupid amounts of money. Like, <laughs> and you got to think when I started my agency, I was 22. So I was stupid. I didn't know anything. Right. I didn't even, and like the funny thing is like my first client asked me for an invoice. I didn't even know what an invoice was back then. It's got, yeah, a bill. Pay me. I couldn't Google it either. <laughs> Google wasn't around. So I wanted to sell then. And then... Uh, so we got bought in the end of 2011 and uh, 
I always say 2012 because it was the very end, mm-hmm. but it was just the right time, right offer. I wanted to do something different, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And even after I sold, like I felt like I had success and everybody looked at me as successful, but I was completely depressed. And it took me a while to figure that out is because I didn't have that significance anymore. I didn't have that purpose of, you know, growing these companies and working with this amazing technology and, and being on the cusp and all, and like working with amazing people. And so I was depressed and that's why I kind of caution people from, you know, some people from selling, but I'm like, but I always educate them on knowing their value. But it was at the point, I, like your analogy about the seatbelt, I just felt like it was the right time. And it was mm-hmm. the right time looking back at it. Financially, though. I'm sorry? Financially, right? I mean, yeah. And this is, oh, yeah. Well, and this is, I think you bring up a huge point. So we have these five principles. And the first one is your personal drivers. And we talk about legacy, social network, your community, your purpose, your passion. Because, I mean, I had the same thing, Jason. I mean, like I built this. I, what I thought was a really cool business with a good team. We'd won like the Minnesota wild with managed it services, just doing shit like seven years ago was different than even today. And like they shut down all the servers and I was just like, well, that sucks. I don't, I still miss working with my team. And so like, there is this like in, in to kind of give you the, the outcome that I want people to have is to be able to weigh that with a dollar amount. Right. So like if my company's worth, $10 million from an intrinsic or financial valuation, but someone's willing to pay stupid money at 15, is the extra incremental value worth me sitting at home being bored as shit? I mean, like, it's not, it's up to you, right? But that's called a choice. So like, what, when, like, when you, like, first of all, what was the, like, how many employees did you have? And when you say like, when you, you know, if you spent 10 years engineering the life that you wanted to, because of that circle, you know, what, what were you doing right before you sold, like from the day to day and like, you obviously enjoyed it. And then there's obviously a number. So then, and then what was it like afterwards when you were actually depressed and you realized that you didn't have those things? Yeah, we had a little over a hundred people. Okay. And like the day to day operation was like those five roles. That was it. Right. That I explained. And then the next two, like the next week, like I, and I went with the new company. So I had uh, an earnout. <laughs> <laughs> you even lay right into a laughter. <laughs> just Well, it's whoop. because, and that's why I do what I do because I wanted to be a resource I wish I had, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I hate reading books. Like I think I've read like two books in my life. Like one was by Brad Gilbert, Winning Ugly, which applies to everything. I'm a tennis player. And then I can't remember the other book. <laughs> it was so <laughs> So, and you got to think not many people did videos and that kind of stuff. YouTube was kind of coming up around then, or maybe I just wasn't on the the, to- the head of mm-hmm. the times on that part. And so I was just lo- like, I was completely miserable working for this new company, right? So I had two years, my, my deal two years. was two years or the event that they sold again. I was lucky enough that they sold nine months later. So I could be like, peace out, right? And so our, and our deal was um, cash upfront, which was good. Um, so don't, don't feel bad for me. And then, um, we had ownership in the new company. So when they sold again, we, we benefited and then an earn out and then a leadership position too. Uh, but the leadership position, like I always laugh at that. I'm like, yeah, like I had no say whatsoever. Uh, 
Well, and can I, can I, I want to make a comment on that too, because what is really great. And I don't know, um, percentage wise, and I want to go back to how they value the company, but kind of set some context in our bootcamp and our framework and how that relates to what you just said is that, you know, there are, there's kind of two valuations that I explain to people is one is the intrinsic, which is the cash flow, the risk of it, like a bond, right? Regardless of who buys it. And then there's what I call transaction value, Jason, where someone might pay a premium. The fundamentals are based in cash flow, period, right? I mean, it's all based in risk, but someone might have a different weird reason, black swan reason to purchase a company and pay a premium that might not be tied to EBITDA. So that's where you hear this multi, you know, 20 multiples of uh, revenue. And you're just like, dude, that's ridiculous. It's not, so someone has to make money somewhere in the chain of events. So like, I'm curious on the valuation, but then also, you know, what I, when we talk about the different types of exits is that leadership and I, and actually I've, I've interviewed a lot of uh, a good handful of agencies that have sold on the, on the company or on the, on the show. And too many times when there's a high degree of earnout and leadership positions, they blend what I call ownership and W2 pay. If you're working, that has nothing to do with the purchase price. I mean, it has to do with, I mean, but they can't say, well, you're going to get 10 million bucks and a million is going to come from four years of 250 grand. And you say, well, that's my job. So I'm getting paid 4 million for my company. <laughs> you're nodding, right? <laughs> so, so maybe explain like, you know, first of all, how was the company valued? And did you kind of go through like a... a it was a, all on profit. Okay. Yeah, it was. Okay. Like, right. There's multiple on profit. And, and I always looked at like, especially nowadays for like in the agency world, I feel that if you're under a million in EBITDA, you're going to get one to two X valuation, right? If you're around a million to 3 million in EBITDA, you'll get five to eight X maybe like we just got a client eight X, which was really good. But most of the time it's five. And then if you're over the 3 million in EBITDA, most of the time it's over eight. And so, you know, that's, and that's probably around, you know, where we were. What you know, percentage of uh, the er- was the earnout out of that? Oh, a really good percentage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like I lost millions. I'll just tell you that, right? Just to, like hopefully help everybody else out is because they literally waited a day for us to get out of the sweet spot and then they sold. Like literally like, it was just, I was pretty depressed for a while. And then I'm like, whatever, like, let me take, like, everything is a class. Everything's like a master class that you learn. And even if I don't go through another exit, I can apply that to everybody else. So, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's great points. And like, so you, <laughs> Even though it was a two-year deal, so you didn't have to endure the pain of working for someone for two years, but they and they sold. But they so they, were they jiggering with like when and how to sell, so that way they could. So did I think I, I really do think so? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't want to have any proof. Yeah. I mean, they Mar- were good guys. I mean, it's you know, math at that point, it's, and unfortunately, it's math and business. Like they, yep. we all made, we were all big boys, and made yep. the deal. So yep. like, I have no resentment against them. Um, maybe a little, but (laughs) (laughs) things that you should have known and well, not, not not necessarily you should have known, but like, it's like, you know, when I explain to to entrepreneurs, it's like, it's not just a sale. Like there's, I mean, I talk about like, you know, people going to the trade shows and they dangle a $10 million carrot and then it's 10 million, 1 million up front, you pay taxes and then you get the rest over time. You have to work for someone and it takes you a hundred years to get it. Yeah. And then like, if you just looked at it, it'd be like, well, I was, like in this business, if someone came and gave me 10 millions now, I would turn it down because I'm like, look, 
We're make like we're affecting. We're like we have the significance. I'm working 20 hours a week. I take off the summers. I'm doing everything. Like we've built the amazing foundation, the framework, the community, everything. Mm-hmm. And I love working with everybody. Like there's just no, there's Point. not a price, you know, for it. Yep. Yep. Um, you so, know, so, but I never know. Like one day it may change, and that day I change, I go work on steam engines. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, well, let's go back to like why you were depressed, and you've, you know, because I seeing you now, I mean, you seem very happy, and so I can, I went through this, you know, kind of set some context. I went through something similar where it's just like, what the fuck was that? You know what I mean? Like, because like all my friends, all the problems and cool challenges I was working on are gone. So what, what to you, cause it sounds like you've engineered the life that you wanted anyways. So like, where did you, like, when you, where were you when you sat and you said, okay, like you were reflecting on what you were missing and how did you go through that? Well, it took me a couple of years. Like I literally, I remember I went to go work for some buddies as a chief innovation officer. Didn't like that. I put a lot of time and money into an iPhone app to develop like this uh, app that uh, takes pictures of everything you eat and gives you a visualization. So it changes your eating habits. I hated that. So like I did a number of different things because I wanted that significance. And I also wanted that recognition that I used to get, right? Like the, be young, honest, right? Like I like, yeah, the, for sure. I like certain spotlights on me, not as much anymore, even though a lot of people think like you do all these videos, like I'm a huge introvert. So like this coronavirus, like stay at home, don't touch people. Like, I'm like, this is me. <laughs> like, like it works out for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, like business as not as usual. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I work from home. I don't seem like I do everything over zoom. Like I'm good. Like, was it weird for you seeing the people that you liked and you being the leader of not going to you for certain things? Yes. Yeah. Cause I mean, and that's why I do what I do now. Like I like mm-hmm. mentoring people. I like sharing with people, you know, um, I like listening to their business problems, not their personal problems. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they're intertwined, but we'll, we won't go there. <laughs> yeah, I, well, like, and I'm not a business coach too. So that's the good part. Like I, and I always like, I tell people, I'm like, if you refer to me as a business coach, you're going to get punched in the fucking nose. <laughs> Because I don't want to hear your head shit. I'm just going to tell you, what's your problem? Here's the solution. <laughs> Go do it. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you know, what, was there anything that helped you process this? And like, if you were to have, if you were looking at your, yourself, you know, you just said $10 million, you'd say no. So like, obviously you've gone through the processing and again, shifting your mindset again about what's truly important and tying the money to what's important and engineering your life around it. What would you have been saying to yourself if you didn't know it before, you know, so you got this number that's, you know, that's hanging in front of you, what would you have said? Well, I think like if it's more about legacy, I think. Right. And like, as I create content and videos that will hopefully live on forever, I think it'd be cool where my kids and my grandkids will be able to hear and, and see the progression over Mm -hmm. the years. I think that's one of the coolest things. I agree with you. Right. Like they'll be like, oh, you know, like because you know, my dad died a couple years ago and like he never created videos or anything like that. So all I have of him is pictures. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just think it'd be cool going forward, like kind of like like everything we do, it's kind of like documenting, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always love creating videos or that yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I actually haven't gone back and listened to my first podcast in like years because I'm like, it gives me a stomachache of how stupid I probably sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
By the way, just just to kind of a, a small rabbit hole is, have you ever heard of uh, or know much about ESOPs? Because I think it's, Mm-mm. yeah, I know. And honestly, I live in a little bubble. Like <laughs> <laughs> talking about Facebook ads and uh, and client conversion rates. No, but like, and we won't go too much into it right now. But you can sell your company to your employees using this tool, which it's it's a trust, and then you actually get your money. You can continue leading and managing your company. Because it's still you still are the leader, but you sell it to essentially a retirement vehicle. Kicker: you never pay taxes again. Really, really, yeah, yep. So literally, if you're doing like a million dollars in EBITDA, you know, usually you have to carve out three hundred, three hundred fifty grand for taxes. Then you've got distributions, maybe for yourself if you're capable of doing it, and then you're reinvesting the rest. But what happens is when you sell it to an ESOP, it's a financial sale, so you have to build a well-run company, but. You get up, to, you know, a third to half up front from a bank note, and then you, you seller finance at Mez Financing terms, and then you literally get to run your company for as long as you want, and you don't pay taxes anymore. We we'll need to talk. We we'll need to talk offline. Uh, or you can kind of you you and the listeners. I, I hate I hate paying taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is what's so interesting because you know, and I know we've we've only got a handful of minutes left, but it's like if you learn this shit you can engineer the life that you want. I mean, there's a guy here in town that they bought 30 companies after they turned into an ESOP because they have pre-tax money. My partner did this to, uh, they sold their company to an ESOP. I mean, if you've got millions of dollars in EBITDA and all of a sudden you pay, and you can pay down the bank and seller financing within five years, you know what the biggest question is, what the hell do I do with my cash? And you still run your company. You're still the CEO. You still get paid CEO salary. And by the way, you actually invest and get your company back. Big kicker though here, Jason, is you have to have a well-run company because the people that do really, really shitty things operationally and they want to hand this flaming bag of shit to someone else and then yeah. hope they get lucky, it's like you have no other options. But to your point, if you build a well-run company, you have as many options as you possibly want. Yeah. And it all comes down to systems, setting up the right systems and um, yeah, it makes a, makes a big difference. And it well, takes a lot of the stress off. I mean, there's always stress. Like, it's never sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. And <laughs> there's always certain things that pop up. You're like, ah. I see a lot of those things with my daughters here but uh, at my house. But mm-hmm. the... Uh, what are some of the things that you went when you went through the sale? Because you you now... And, and with all the companies that you work with, that you see perpetually gets value. Like, like it's worth the investment and the time in a business that someone should be thinking about. Well, I'll come like profit predictability is, is another big one uh, for agencies or service-based business, right? Because people, most of the time people are going to buy an asset purchase at certain levels, right? They don't want to buy your liabilities. And, uh, you know, having, like you were saying, the business does not rely on the owners because owners, once you get bought, they usually check out, uh, even if they haven't earned out, I, I've seen so many owners go, screw it. I can't take it anymore. Like keep there now. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I agree with you. And uh, by the way, there's this thing called a 338 H10, where if you sell as an asset sale and you check this, you could actually sell as a stock sale and the, the seller gets to you take the tax depreciation. And then you just get some insurance to get the rep and warranty. It, 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 some amazing shit out there that you can, and I, this is all I've learned this on the podcast, but these, you know, when you think about when you're, when you're looking at like, okay, so this is stuff that I'm valuing. I mean, how do you consult like it, the, the mastermind groups of like, 
how do you afford like the growth of this? Because, you know, you explained, you know, how you started hiring and doing these things. What, what were some of the things that you did to manage your cash and being able to invest these in the business to afford to be able to do that? Well, it's managing the profit leaks of what I call it, right? So it's about not over delivering or over servicing. Like you always want to over deliver like the, the, the value. But a lot of times as people start charging more, they start delivering way more. Like they're just uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. charged 10 times more. So it's about not over-servicing. It's not about undercharging. You know, it's about getting the right people, charging the right amount. And then when you do all that, now you can afford to get the right people and pay people what they deserve and what mm -hmm. they're worth. Mm -hmm. Right. If you're trying to cheap out, like it's like I, we built our dream home in Colorado and and we hired a general contractor. Now, I could have saved a ton of money if I did it. But the fucking house would roll down the mountain. I would have put a ton of time into it, right? Like, and it would, it would turn out a bad result. So I was like, no, I value people's expertise and I pay them what they're worth. And like, I remember getting bids from a number of people. I'd be like, here's the budget. Here's what we want. Everybody said, yep, we can do it. The one person I actually went with was like, nope, you got to raise your budget. I like almost half or something stupid. And we actually went with them because they were the most honest. We trusted them mm -hmm. and you know, mm -hmm. we'll pay for value. Yep. Yep. So when we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, and then I want to make sure that we give uh, everybody your, uh, the contact information where they can find you. But uh, two questions before we, we wrap up is what's your definition of intentional? And then what's your definition of unintentional? Like as intentional is like, you you have a purpose like you're you're making a conscious decision to achieve something that you want um the other would be by accident <laughs> it just <laughs> happens right that's, that's that's a lot of what i do it's just yeah. like i fell into this business by accident too right like old competitors were like hey how'd you build a big business how'd you sell it i just started helping them out and was like hey Hey, I got my significance back. I like this. <laughs> That's awesome. So because you're giving back and you can tell that you've, you're, you're enjoying it too, you've got stuff all over the place. What are the, what are the different places that the audience can find you? Yeah, jasonswank.com. Uh, Swank is spelled S-W-E-N-K. So just jasonswank.com. Literally, almost all our knowledge is out there for free. I mean, we have been doing the podcast since end of 14. Uh, that's so six awesome. years we've been doing youtube videos if like you if you want to laugh go back to the first videos <laughs> like we have over a thousand pieces of macro wow. content not even micro content yeah, yeah like a full yeah, so yeah we just try to put out more information than anybody else just to you know help everybody make better decisions and feel that they're not alone and in, in running their business and then uh you know if Start there, and then you guys always look at the playbook or the mastermind later on if, if you like the style and that kind of stuff. Jason, it's been a blast having you on the show, man. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I think that the number one thing you should do is check out our intentional growth assessment. If you want to know that you're focusing on the right things, you're spending your time and money on the right places that are growing value, creating more options, shift your mindset to value growth with the end in mind by taking the assessment and getting your intentional growth score. Text the word intentional to 66866. 
Text the word intentional to 66866. Otherwise, go to arcona.io. Check out the assessment. It's 20 questions, multiple choice. It'll help you really dive into the things you need to be focusing on right now. And then you'll get the Intentional Growth Vision Board that summarizes all the things you need to be working on onto one page. So that way you have options and you have the freedom to choose down the road. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you next week.